Welcome back to another edition of Broad Street Benchwarmers, sponsored as always by uh, Growler and Grub Magazine, Roxborough Hospital, and the Isle Maniunk. I am Dan Black. He is Richie Gary. Richie, how are you doing this morning? Hey, another week the Ravens are alive. I'm happy, man. I'm as happy as I can be in a cold January. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, the uh, Ravens somehow still in it, but we will see if that road comes to an end. Also with the Browns uh, this weekend. We'll get into all that a little later on. Also some college football talk as well. But we got to jump right into it. Big trade, biggest trade in the NBA uh, this season and maybe over the last number of seasons as well. James Harden finally getting out of Houston, going to Brooklyn. Houston gets a whole hell of a lot of stuff back. Obviously, we know about the uh, four future first-round picks as well as four pick slops. And then they made a number of other trades that included getting Victor Oladipo uh, to come down to Houston as well. So, uh, you know, a three-team trade and lots of moving pieces. But I want to ask you, Richie, what were your takeaways of it? Winners, losers, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's it's funny you say that because I feel like the Cavs kind of won this, even though they're like they kind of only just made it like they kind of just were like part of the deal to make it happen like them. And um, it was the Cavs. It was the Rockets. It was the Nets. And who else? Oh, and the Pacers. And I really think, I mean, the Cavs gave up a future to just get Jared Allen. The Cavs literally gave up nothing to get Jared Allen, which yeah. is going to be huge for their backcourt. Um, front, front court, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's early. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're recording the show a little bit earlier than normal today, everybody, just so you know. Um, so if we don't sound as sharp as we normally do, uh, that just that, that's our excuse. Um, but, I mean, they, they made the Cavs so much better for basically nothing. Um, if the Nets don't make this work with Harden, they've done somewhat of a similar situation to when they got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce as to they've basically given up their ability to rebuild for the next couple of years. If things do go south rockets, they got Victor Oladipo. I love that from the Pacers. Um, Karis LeVert going to the Pacers on like the best deal in basketball right now, as far as talent versus money speaking. Um, it's insane that that guy is getting paid the amount of money he's getting paid and playing so well. Um, yeah. So the Pacers, if TJ Warren is healthy, the Pacers are like actually pretty good. Um, yeah. And then you have the, of course the Nets, they have James Harden. They gave up like four first round picks um, along with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen one way or another, even though they didn't all go to the same team, they're all gone. They're not there in the locker room anymore. And I don't know, Dan. I'm not I'm not sold on this Brooklyn Nets deal. I mean, we have the whole Kyrie situation. We don't know what's going on with him. He was at his sister's birthday party in Jersey. Um, Steve Nash doesn't know when he's coming back. And now you have a guy who's also ball-centric coming in. Uh, maybe as ball-centric. Maybe the guy who's most ball-centric as Kyrie Irving is, is James Harden. Um, and at the end of the day, there's only one ball. We all know that KD can play with whoever he did that with the Warriors. So it's not about KD. KD will work. Whoever is on his team, KD is going to put in that work. Um, it's more about if or when Kyrie comes back, how does this team look? Um, how do you have all three of those guys on the floor and what does it look like offensively scheme schematically speaking? Um, it's, for me, I, I honestly, if I, you want my, my like true take, my my straight out of Twitter finger take, um, it is 
Um, they're not going to do well. This is not like they, they screwed the Nets screwed themselves royally doing this um, because now they have no depth on their bench, which was lauded as the most depth on a bench of the season coming into this. And now you've given away your two best bench players, in my opinion, although they say TLC is good. I don't really care. Karis LeVert is way better than TLC. Yeah. TLC. Uh, it's not, he's not, he's not, he's not the guy. Is a much better player than him. Exactly. So, I mean, like any way you cut it, like, it's just, I don't think the Nets, like the Nets, they're not built for playoff basketball. Win regular season games, but re- playoff basketball, totally different ball game. And you have to use all nine, 10 of your guys. You can't just rely on that starting five or like that starting five and a six man. It's not going to end well if you do that. Right. Um, Cause you've seen that on LeBron teams where he has no bench at all. And then they could get maybe somewhere into the playoff, but they could never win. <laughs> um, so that's what I think. I don't think the Nets did themselves any favors doing this. I know everyone's hyped because it's the blockbuster trade. It's a huge name. James Harden is a certified baller, even though he is a little bit on the chonk side these days. Um, he can still ball. And if he can return to that form from last year, now that he's um, not going to be in Houston anymore, and he's actually maybe happy in Brooklyn. I don't know if that I wouldn't have picked that for him like style wise, but he did it. It's over. James Harden is a net and the Nets are no longer in contention for the NBA Finals. Yeah, so uh, you covered a lot of what I was going to say, but that's all right. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I think that for Brooklyn, this was – I think especially because of what's going on with Kyrie, that they sort of felt the need to pull the trigger, that they needed to get something else around Kevin Durant. Um, because you know, without, if you don't have Kyrie, that's a good team, but it's not a championship team with just Kevin Durant. Um, we know that in today's day and age, you, I mean, you can never win with just one superstar, but especially nowadays, um, you know, you certainly can't go far into the playoffs with, with just one star. Um, unless you're in a situation like Miami was last year where things just all hit correctly and they, and they, uh, went to the finals. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for Brooklyn, this was a mistake. This is a, you're praying and hoping that all of a sudden Kyrie comes back and James Harden wants to play defense and is willing to give up, you know, some of the ball a little bit and KD's okay with all of it. And, you know, I think people try to justify it by saying, you know, they have some younger guys that will get a chance and maybe those guys will be their defensive stoppers. Um, because that's really the only way that they're going to contribute on this team because offensively it's going to be a three-headed mod. They're going to be great offensively. No one's questioning that. Um, they just have too much talent not to be. But, yeah, I think it's – and especially with a rookie head coach in Steve Nash who was coached by a guy who didn't really care about defense that much, and I'm sure he will take a lot of what he learned from – uh, Mike D'Antoni during his time with Phoenix and that didn't great offense no defense defense yeah um, so that worries me as well um, and yeah as you said depth and defense and really cohesion are what works in the playoffs um, and I don't think they have any of that and I don't think that'll happen and again these guys are all free agents after next season right so the reality is they do have to work or this could have been walk. Oh, it could all really, really, you could one, not have any of them and not have any draft picks. Um, so you could be in a really, really tough situation. If you're Brooklyn, 
going forward. I think, like you said, Indiana got a steal in Karis LeVert. Um, didn't have to really give anything up for him. And he, you know, seems to be like the kind of guy who's emerging as a, um, at least offensively as a star in this league. And then, you know, the team, the other team that was rumored to get James Harden was the Sixers, right? Uh, and I yeah, was, I was about to ask, that, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I was ecstatic that they didn't trade for him. I, I, you know, I saw a guy who got literally everything he could have wanted in Houston and still quit on them. Right. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, they, they literally gave the, him everything. They held the plane an hour for him whenever he wanted to come late. They, you know, did shoot around when he wanted to do shoot around. They practiced. He practiced whenever he wanted to. You know, he was allowed to go to strip clubs and do whatever in between games. And, you know, they gave him everything. And then obviously financially, you know, they offered him a two year hundred plus million dollar offer that he declined. Um, but before that, plenty of money was given to him. And the fact that, and they gave him stars, right? We talk, we always talk about how LeBron never got any help in Cleveland, and that's why he left. At least James Harden got, you know, Chris Paul, and Chris Paul wanted to leave him. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard wanted to leave him. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook wanted to leave him. And, you know, this year they gave him, they make a trade for John Wall, and they bring in Boogie Cousins, obviously both guys with an injury history. Um, but... Still good ball players. Still could be good ball players if they figure, and there'll be an interesting team. I think they did a fantastic job in Houston, but um, but yeah, I mean, I just didn't want that on the Sixers, especially now with the off season that they had. Um, you know, they look for the first time in a long time really fluid, a really strong offense, and then obviously defensively they've been really um good as well. Did you hear what the rumor was that they were going to give? What? Did you hear like what the rumor was that they were going to give up? Yeah, and it was far too much. I yeah, mean, it was like it was Simmons and Maxi, and and apparently Matisse Thybul and like a pick. Um, That's which I, disgusting. I, you know, listen, it's you have three guys under the age of twenty five that you're trading for a thirty one year old out of shape, you know, guy who's used to one way of life, and I don't think that way of life will slide uh, in Philadelphia under this new regime. I don't think Daryl Morey would let it slide again. And I think that's sort of why he partially, um, along with them asking a lot, I think that's partially why he didn't make the trade was he, he didn't want to deal with it again. Um, and I, I don't think it would have worked with him beat. I think it would just been chaotic. So, you know, again, people wanted to get rid of Simmons because, you know, the other night he had five points and listen, I've made my, you know, statements about Ben Simmons that I don't think you can win a championship if this is the Ben Simmons that you're getting, if this is the final product. Um, but I also know that aside from the scoring side of things, he is better than James Harden in every single aspect of basketball. Oh, 100%. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those catch-22 situations where you don't really want to – you don't really know what to do. Um, and especially because James Harden only has, you know, a year and a half left on his contract. Ben has five, right? So that's more attractive. He's younger. He's more athletic. Everything aside from the scoring, he's I mean, the better than like he, he's more after this season. Right, right. So, you know, I, I felt like, especially with what's going on, you give him a season and listen, next season, next offseason, if, you know, you're still not where you want to be, then you trade Ben Simmons and see what you can get for him. I think there are there's someone out there that wants there are him. There's going to be plenty of suitors that would love to right. take him off your hands. Right. So I think you go into it with the, and I said, you know, uh, like we said before, it's going to be chaos in Brooklyn. Let them implode. 
Let them let it just natural let let what's going to happen naturally happen and just don't even worry about it. It's not going to be a big deal. It's because- crazy because I talked to some Nets fans and they believe that like this is like parade bound. Like this is like they're like, oh yeah, like start getting the parade ready. Like yeah, it's I just delusion on their side. It, I feel it's, it's, like, it's like they yeah. gotta tell themselves, like, no, this is the right move, even though like if anybody knows anything about basketball, you know this is definitely this this is gonna hurt them more than help them. Right. And, you know, I heard I heard the same thing from Sixers fans who said, you know, if you get James Harden, you're getting to the finals. The only guaranteed players where you come where they come in and the system changes around them and that system leads to you going to the finals are LeBron James, Kevin Durant to an extent and even to a lesser extent, although I I believe it with Kawhi Leonard. Other than that. There are not, there's not a star out there that is an all around great player on both sides of the ball, can do everything you want, um, that can come in, you make the team about them, and you can win a championship. James Harden has never once proven that. And I don't think it's worth all the toxicity and the craziness and his nonsense and his style of play to try and make it work because I just don't see it working. So. I mean, you can't play ISO ball in the playoffs, and that's what James Harden loves right. to do. So right. He's living. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, it, it, you got to, they have the depth this year. They have the shooting the Sixers do. They, you know, we'll see if Ben Simmons will figure it out in the playoffs. But I, I yeah. It's I, just a mess in Brooklyn right now, folks. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. And I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it, too. It's like watching a train wreck. You just can't look away, even though it's horrible. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, the NBA certainly has been shaken up, and we'll see what happens. I'm excited. We'll see what happens? Speaking of yeah. shaking up, the college football playoff is done. But I believe we're getting to—is it food or drink first? We're getting into food because I haven't eaten breakfast and I'm hungry. It reminded me. Thank you very much. Oh, um, wow. okay. I, I actually—you um, know what's funny? I ate out the other day for the first time in forever. I haven't eaten out in really? a Dan Black eating out. Where? Yeah. I went to a place called Newbold's in Jenkintown. Um, okay, I know Jenkintown. So, yeah, if you know where the Highway Theater is, it's right across the street. Very good food. Uh, I'm not usually a Brussels sprouts fan, but the Brussels sprouts were incredible. They have cheese curds, and as someone who lived in Wisconsin for a year can attest, those cheese curds were legit. Uh, good drinks, incredible dessert. They have this chocolate chip, like, bread pudding that was hot and it was just oh like melted in your mouth fantastic what is the place uh, called again new bolds new bowls new bold new bold yeah okay new bolds okay very good highly recommend if uh you're in the area uh yeah jacob town in that strip you'll see it and very good highly highly recommend I do love cheese curds. Yeah, I think we had this talk when I like it was like maybe like the first episode we did. And I like had just tried cheese curds at like this Irish pub and absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. But mine is also in the it mine is in the breakfast. Since we're talking about breakfast, I'll make my choice in the breakfast spot. Um, this is in Northern Liberties. It's on it's on like it's like it's right next to Second Street. Um, it's called One Shot Cafe. It's right near Second Street in Girard. You can't miss it. Um, they have breakfast burritos. They have like this special type of French toast. I can't remember. It might be like Captain Crunch French toast or something. I'm oh, pretty... I, I think I've heard of that place. Um, 
they have unbelievable breakfast food. And I, and if you know me, you know that I am not a breakfast food guy. I don't eat until one o'clock every day. Cause I, I just, I just don't really care I to eat breakfast, well. but the one place I will eat breakfast, especially if it's after maybe a night out or after a Ravens game and the next day I'll go into one shot cafe. I'll get my breakfast burrito. You can get any type you can get like you have like a couple meat choices. You can do no meat if you want um, for vegetarian options, um, even though I'm pretty sure there's eggs in it. So I don't know if that qualifies. Maybe it's vegan. Whatever. I'm not I'm not any of those. Um, so it's fantastic the service it's you can dine outside right there on the tables they've got like these like cool little like persian rugs that they like have their tables sitting on so it's like yeah you're freezing your ass off but hey at least it's scenic um and um they have like they're pretty if you want to just do takeout too like if they have like a little takeout window you know you have to go inside you literally just walk up to the window they say your name and you grab your stuff and the card go um it's super easy it's super streamlined for people uh that's how a breakfast place should be and it's just great. One Shot Cafe. Check it out in Northern Liberties. You won't be sorry. There you go. All right. Sounds good. I will. Uh, I think my brother's moving back in that area. So I'll tell him to check it out. Great place um, to move. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. Some college football. Obviously, the football, the college football national championship was the other day. And that was just a lopsided mess. Um, Justin Fields had to be perfect like he was against Clemson. He certainly wasn't and I don't think that injury to his ribs helped much either um <clears throat> which is why I thought they should have taken him out of the Clemson game once they were up by however much they got up by but whatever it's not my decision um and I think it you know really showed the difference between Alabama you know Alabama this year and everyone else I mean they were just <clears throat> head and shoulders above everybody else yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was really much of a competition. I mean, we both – I know we both picked Alabama. I didn't expect it to be – I expected them to win. I didn't expect it to be that. I mean, Mac Jones was phenomenal. And Devontae Smith, obviously, we know his first half, he had over 200 yards, I believe, 12 catches and three touchdowns. I mean, that third touchdown he got, half. he just made that look effortless. It was just a slam. That's the one where he like, the right field. Kind of. It was and literally linebacker just – linebacker tried to pick him up. It was ridiculous. It was literally like number 32. God bless that linebacker. He was huffing and puffing his hardest, but he could not catch him. Like, yeah, I mean, he made that look effortless. Yeah, that, that play was just like, like it, it looked like they were just doing a walkthrough on that it, play. It made no sense. And like when the, a guy makes it look that easy, like, you know, he's good. Like okay. he's not like that game, like pretty much showcased why he was a Heisman winner. Yeah, why he won the Heisman, why he, you know, is expected although many people still are putting jamar chase over him uh in the draft coming up in april so we'll see about that i think done for me lately kind of guy i think the real story coming out of it is obviously you know nick saban passing bear brian for seven national championships six at alabama the uh seventh coming at lsu his first one many years ago and you know listen i don't think it stops anytime soon i really don't i mean listen he's got bryce young coming up uh, starting next season. So at least have two more years of Bryce Young if he really turns out to be the guy that we all think he can be or many believe he can be. So there's there's no reason for me to believe that Nick Saban isn't going to go for 10. Like I, I and and to think that he can't, I mean. I'm not going to doubt that man. That man's won seven national championships. You can't doubt him anymore. Like he's and his the team's only getting better. The he's work, the best the of all time. 
And like the thing about it is like somebody asked him, like, do you ever get tired of this? And his response was tired of winning. And that just told me it's like, oh, this dude, like if he keeps winning, he's got to keep going. I think the only thing I think the only way Saban stops is if he starts to suck. Which he won't because the way that the way that recruiting and everything is right now, there's no cap on how many, you know, top guy, how many guys you can get or whatever like that. There's no, so, like, there's no, like, region restrictions or anything right, like that. Right, nothing. So as long as, you know, those, uh, you know, those opportunities are still there, there's no reason for him to leave. You know, I, I'm sure his recruiting, I'm sure he's pulled back on it a bit, but obviously how much recruiting does he really need to do? And the thing about it is he doesn't even have to say anything when he goes recruiting besides if you come um, to Alabama and you stay for at least three years, you will win a national championship. And that's a fact. That's literally a fact that he can right. tell these people now. And especially for wide receivers becoming such, you know, there, there's such a stockpile of them and talent at that position that he can just, you know, he can say to them, we have plenty of examples of guys that have, like you said, that have come, they've had to wait their turn, but every time they wait their turn, they turn into high first round picks. Almost right. guaranteed. In the last, in, the, in one recruiting class, he has... 10 like top two round picks or 10 it, it was either 10 top two rounds or 10 first round picks right. within the past two years and, and they were all came from the same recruiting class yeah no he is he is a uh it, it's an unfair thing and you know i think he's a great example of you know when you make that jump to the nfl how much even if you fail how much it can you know help you in the future, you know, figure out what you need to do at the college level. And I think he's done that. And he's been great. down to a science. Right. He, yeah. No, him and Dabo Sweeney have gotten this thing down to a science. I'd be interested to see if Dabo Sweeney makes the leap, you know, in the next year or two. I think he should. But yeah. You think he'll leave Clemson? I, I think it, you know, I, not to go off of what we were originally talking about, but, you know, I mean, I this just, is you got to ask if, it now. If he, wins, if he wins another national championship like next year, right? He wins three national championships. He's won the ACC basically every year he's been there. He would have been to seven college football playoffs. He's got four Bear Bryant Coach of the Year awards. Like, he's got everything, and he's 52, right? He's so, and, 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 and you look at and you look at the NFL, you look at the amount of stars in the league, not just guys in the league, but stars in the league, superstars that he coached, right? A lot the, – the difference why I think – Nick Saban failed is that there weren't a lot of top level LSU guys um, that were making the impact at the league when he was there. Whereas you look at Sean Watson, superstar quarterback, you know, DeAndre Hopkins pick this year is going to be his quarterback, right? So you have two star quarterbacks in the making uh, that were both yours. The best wide receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins, you got, you know, talent littered that are have Clemson over the last six, seven years that he, yeah, that he like them what, all. Mike Williams, you've got yeah. um, the lineman in Miami, Christian um, Wilkins. Yeah. 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 There you go. Travis Etienne coming. You have all these other guys um, that I think he will have the ability to, you know, sort of recruit them to wherever he wants to go. Like I would have thought that he would maybe try and take the Houston job with Sean Watson or something. Um, oh, you think he jumps NFL? You don't think he stays in college? No, I think I think at this point he's 52. He's done so much. You take the shot, right? If you're him, if it's a good situation, not just to lead. I don't think the only reason that he wouldn't would because 
he's really close with Saban and Saban would advise him not to. I think that's the only way he doesn't jump to the NFL. I think, I think Saban would advise him to do it, honestly. Because really? I, think, I think he would because, listen, it's, you know, the NFL. You get you, how many guys get a shot from college to do it all the time. And you can have the pick of your litter. You don't have to do it. If, if it doesn't work, in, it, you can come back three, four years. You're in your mid to late 50s. And you can go to whatever college you want. Like, you can literally pick. He could literally come back. If he didn't work in the NFL, he'll literally come back and say, I want to coach at USC and make $15 million a year. I guarantee they do it from his track record. You know, I want to go coach Florida State or Miami, and I want to make, you know, $12 million a year. Like, they'll do it. You know, he he will have the pick of his – and if he wanted to come back to Clemson, he could do it, right? So, so to me – like in the next year or two, I feel like it's the right time for him to make the leap uh, from Clemson to the NFL. Will it happen? I don't know. Um, but I think especially knowing that there's so much Clemson talent and high level talent in the NFL, superstars in the NFL that he coached, I think it's easier for him to make that leap. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, you, you're saying everything makes sense. Like I can't really rebut any of that. Like it just makes sense for him to like, at least get, I mean, if like Cliff Kingsbury can get a shot from college, right. like Dabo Sweeney can right. absolutely get a shot. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like it, that guy didn't win anything in college and he has an each the head coach of the Cardinals. Right. Like if there's a, again, I wouldn't, if I was him, I wouldn't leave for the jets, but if there's like a young, there's a team with a young quarterback that has some talent and he says, all right, I could work with this. I can figure it out. Then you take a shot. And if it doesn't work, you will have the pick of the, whoever you want to come back to college it's funny because i like you said that like i first saw jackson i was like oh wait urban meyer but we'll say that for the nfl we'll say that for the nfl part yeah yeah but uh but yeah nick saban the goat gonna go for 10 we'll see if he does it though but uh but yeah that if you were if you were a uh if you're an Ohio State fan that game made you drink a little bit i'm sure if you're yeah i mean justin fields i mean drank a whole lot we're yeah. not talking about the losing team. I mean, they just did not. I mean, they're not in the same league. They're just not. They might be the same. They might be a college football team, but they're not in the same league. No, they were. I think that's what people felt this year is that Ohio State was not as good this year as they were last year, and the gap was pretty big. Um, and so, you know. They lost so much. Like, I mean, yeah. they can't turn over. Like, yeah, they can turn over pretty well, but you can't turn over like Alabama and Clemson can turn over. Right. Right. Yeah. They, they're, they, they, yeah, they can, they can get the picks of the litter, but again, you know, if I'm, if I'm a top recruit, I'd much rather go to sunshine and whatever than Ohio. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Hey, Columbus, Ohio. Great city. <laughs> great city. I got, Hey, one of my best friends lives in Columbus, Ohio. I never visited him there, but he lives there and uh, he's a good friend of mine. So I guess that there's gotta be something cause he has good taste. So there's gotta be something there, but it's, it's not a, for me. Let's put it that way. Nice little, me, it's a nice little small city. It's like, it's fine. It's, it's, it's like fine. A, it's just, you know, landlocked in Ohio. It's like, a char- it's like the size of like Charleston. It's like Charleston, yeah. South Carolina, but like, obviously not at all. No, no. It's, no it's, it's, it's in Ohio and it's not on the coast. Aside from the But uh, let's get into some drinks. I actually went out again the other night and went wow. to Yards. I had never, I had never been to Yards. Um, yeah, but I I was looking at condos with my family for my brother, and so we were right by there. Um, had never been there, great food, but they have these beers there that are like rent, not renaissance, but like revolutionary or something like that. 
I don't know. They were very good. Highly suggest it. Uh, I got in a flight. It was like eight bucks for a flight of these revolutionary different kind of beers. Pretty good. I'm more of a, you know, I like a little more fruity type of like IPA, but these were more, you know, porters and stouts and stuff, which, you know, on a cold night outside are always good as well. well so, I mean, they warm you up in the face for sure. Yeah. Yards is where I got my drinking on the other night. I know exactly where that's at. That's, you know, I'm a, I can't remember the street, but I, I pass that all the time. Um, living where I live, like that's literally right by my house um, or apartment. Don't live in a house. Uh, but for me, my drink, um, you know, I'm actually struggling with it this week because I didn't go any places to drink this past weekend or to even catch a drink. But if I was going to, I would probably go to um this um this little mexican place right up the street on second street um i can't remember i can't remember the name i think it's la coro it's like las corazones and they have great mexican food but outside of just good food they also have margaritas and you might say yes didn't you talk about margaritas last week and i'm like yeah i did but guess what i can have another one the following week and they're fire um and margaritas it's never a bad time for margarita you ever want to just escape your reality for a little bit have a margarita um great margarita it's actually you know this isn't on second street this is on gerard um it's like one of those like hole in the wall type places so you wouldn't really like expect it to be good um right. but the food is fantastic as most hole in the wall places are and the drinks not only good, but they are strong. Um, you have a couple of those bad boys. You'll walk out on Gerard feeling just fine. You'll be ready to go to the garage and barcade. Oh yeah. You'll be, you'll be ready to go wherever you need to go. Um, (laughs) and great place, really friendly pricing being that, uh, it's location and just like kind of the nature of the restaurant. Um, super, super friendly people there. Um, Lost Corazon. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I get, I'm pretty sure it's Lost Corazonas. Um, on Gerard, check it out. It's a fun time. Tell them I sent you. They won't know who I am or what you're saying, but like I said, it never hurts to act like, you know, somebody. Always, always. All right. Well, that sounds good. I got to try it when I uh, am downtown again. Obviously, I'm not running downtown as much anymore. Cause No, no, not as much. But hey, your brother's moving down. They got a good excuse. He's lived down there his entire adult life since he went to Temple. So No, so now, okay. Well, now, now that we know that. Okay. More of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of the city of Philadelphia, the Eagles, as we switch and transition into the NFL, the Eagles made a blockbuster move of their own, not adding but subtracting and firing uh, Doug Peterson after a 4-11-1 season. Uh, there's been a lot of opinions on it, a lot of reasons why he lost his job. And uh, what were your thoughts? You know, Dan, I would normally start with this, but being that you are the Eagle fan, I'm going to let you go off, King. I want to I hear what you said, because I, I'm not really attached to the situation besides that I live in the city that this is happening in. You, on the other hand, this is – I know Eagles – some people go to church on Sundays. Eagles fans go to the links. So tell me, right. uh, what are you like? What yeah, are you thinking right now? Yeah, I mean, w- I was shocked by it because I really didn't think it would happen. I mean, I knew someone was going to get fired. I just didn't think um, it'd be him. 
Um, I really was pushing for Howie Roseman to get fired because I think he really is the uh, reason for this mess of a roster and situation over the last number of years. You know, obviously we talk about the DK Metcalf situation and missing on him and then they get a mulligan and Justin Jefferson drops to them and they miss on him. And, uh, you know, and so it was just a chaotic situation over the last number of years, drafting and talent acquisition and all that. So I just felt that Howie was the one that should have been gone. But again, him and Jeffrey Laurie have a close relationship. There's been a lot of rumors coming out of the last summer days of Howie Roseman being power hungry and that Doug Peterson didn't have any control or any power at all in anything um and he was sort of told what to do a lot and he didn't like that obviously as the head coach of a super bowl winning team fair enough um you know and and now they're without a coach and i don't think it's a great place that if i was a coach i'd want to go to quite honestly i think they made a mistake firing doug you know i don't think he had a great season but i also don't think you know i don't think he's the one jalen what I don't think he's the one that wanted to start Jalen either. No, no, that was the thing. He did want to start Jalen, but and wanted to probably keep him as a starter for this upcoming season. But because they obviously made those trades to get Carson Wentz in 2016 and then obviously gave him the contract, that's their guy, right? Like if you're the owner, you wanna you wanna return on your investment. If you're the GM, you wanna show that you were right in doing what you did and those decision makings. And this is the bed you had to lay in, right? Um, but at this point, if I'm, you know, a coach looking to get a ho- head coaching job, I would not want to touch Philadelphia right now. I mean, it's a good thing we're, we switched to audio only until we're in places right now because if people saw this video of me right now, um, I, I, I just don't know. Like, this is just breaking my brain. Like, the Eagles are just breaking my brain as far as, like, logistics go on how this is working. Um, you were yeah. touching on the same thing that I was going to touch on. Um, I thought Howie should have been gone. Um, you can't miss on that many draft picks and still have a job in most places in the league. Um, it's just kind of inexcusable. Um, the, the hurts when situation is as worse as you could have scripted it. Um, Wentz wants nothing to do with Philadelphia hurts. It gets not hurt, not getting, it doesn't get hurt physically, but maybe a little confidence mentally when Howie, of course, phones up Doug to put in Nate Sudfeld for whatever godforsaken reason he could have come up with, mm-hmm. um, which hurts Jalen Hurts's confidence in the organization and to be competent in their belief in him. At least it would hurt if I was him. That's how I would feel. Um, and you're right. It's not like the most attractive place for a new head coach to come in and like, it's not even like you're coming in and like starting your regime. It's like, no, you've got to spend like at least a season as cleanup crew. Um, Just dealing with like everything that the Eagles have going on, whether it's how do you, how do you get rid of Wentz's contract or how do you reestablish that trust with Jalen hurts that um, he might have lost with the last game of the season? Um, What do you do about your wide receiver situation with, I don't even know like what Alshon Jeffrey Deshaun Jackson's status is. All I know is they got Jalen Rieger and that Arceo Whiteside or whatever. Um, two great, two great picks, by the way. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those things. Like, this is like a scenario that's like, if I'm a fan, this is a nightmare for my team. 
Like, I don't, like, I don't, like, envy any Eagles fan right now. Like, this is, you have nothing, like, it's weird because it's, like, there's, like, levels to this team, and none of the levels are, like, communicating. It's like having a sandwich, and, like, none of the ingredients are stacked the way they should be. Um, It's, listen, your, your problems get better. Your problems start to get themselves solved once Howie's gone. Until then... I don't even think this is the end of this. Like, yeah, Doug getting fired is huge, but I don't think this is the end of this drama in Philadelphia right now. Um, and I don't know how next season's going to look out. Maybe they make some moves or something. Um, or they draft really well for once. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting in Philadelphia. And it, it, unfortunately, it's going to be interesting for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, they're, they're I've already accepted that they're going to be bad for, you know, next couple of years of, the very least um because they it's it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a time that you know resembles eagles fan or that will remind older eagles fans of the pre-andy reed era and era that i am not familiar with but an era of chaos that my dad grew up on so um i mean i'm happy i don't know eagles history because that's probably traumatic yeah yeah i only know them as being like a well-run successful team but there's like a lot of times where that was not the case like all i know like the first time i ever really got introduced to the eagles was when they were in the super bowl with to and i was like oh like this eagles team like they're not bad like the eagles they they play they they don't win all the time but they always put together a decent roster yeah no that's yeah so it is what it is it is what it uh, is yeah they will not be in the playoffs for a long time but we are on to the second round of the playoffs and let's do a little divisional preview to wrap up uh, our show for today lots of good games to look forward to I, i'm i'm actually very very excited uh so we got this weekend uh we got the rams at the packers in the uh nfc and then the other nfc game on sunday is Next the buccaneers we'll of at, uh, the buccaneers at the saints and then on the afc side the ravens at the bills and the browns at uh the chiefs so i gotta ask you you know you being uh, you being a uh, Ravens fan, what's your thoughts on this game against the Bills? I mean, I'm glad it's not the Chiefs. That's my first thought. That was my first thought. I'm glad it's not the Chiefs. We have two similar playing quarterbacks. Obviously, Josh Allen is having the season that Lamar had last season as far as like breaking out, like expeditedly exceeding expectations um, as far as like how his passing game has developed. Um, and you could attribute that to him developing. And also you can attribute that to Stefan Diggs, just pushing his development over the top, being a number one wide receiver who makes catches that I've never seen before. Um, so the bills, they're nothing to sneeze at. That defense is starting to look like the defense of last year. Um, the only thing that gives me um, hope is that although Josh Allen is getting better at reading defenses, Wink Martindale is really great at throwing different looks at quarterbacks every week. That's always been especially that's why he's getting considered for head coaching jobs after holding Derrick Henry to 40 yards uh, in the Titans game, which by the way, screw the Titans. We have a rivalry now. It's more than it's it's as far as I'm concerned, the Ravens Titans rivalry is more bitter than the Steelers Ravens rivalry right now. Um, just because over the last two years, the Titans just love to disrespect. And guess what? We put our stamp right on the middle of their insignia um smell you later mike rabel most punchable face in the nfl standing by that claim um but that's besides the point we're all we're on to buffalo and buffalo 
uh, the, honestly, the one thing people are talking about is like the snow after Lamar came out and said, I've never played in the snow before. And for, and people are running with that narrative is like, oh, well, like it's supposed to snow, but I looked at the forecast, it's supposed to be one inch of snow and it's a 50% chance. So not even going to be that much snow, but if there even was, then Buffalo would actually be in trouble because right now it's a fair fight. If it snows, Buffalo's, I feel like, is in more trouble than the Ravens. And the reason being is we're the best running team in football. Buffalo can't run the ball. You can only win snow games if you can at least run the ball in some semblance or some form. And yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. His receivers are sweet. He's great. And you could argue that, oh, maybe Josh Allen will use his legs, which he obviously is going to. He's done it all year, and they'd be idiots not to utilize him in that same way right now. But when you're the best running team of football and you have three rushers with over 800 yards on the season, um, you don't stop that in the snow. In fact, it just gets harder to stop in the snow. So if, but if I'm in Buffalo, I'm praying for no snow if I'm a Buffalo fan, but I'm a Ravens fan. So I could care less. I'm excited for the challenge. We're getting to that. Like I'm like still at that point in the week where like, I'm trying to be logical with like matchups and everything where it's like, it's going to be like wide receivers of Buffalo versus Ravens secondary versus Ravens lauded secondary. Like that's going to be like the key fact of the game. I think, I think that's going to either make or break either team's success. Um, but like, I'm really close to that point in the week where, um, I just, uh, I'm losing logic and I just go gung ho, um, Ravens flock. Um, so we're lucky we're recording this on a Thursday and not a Friday. Cause if this was a Friday afternoon, I'd be a totally different, uh, totally different analysis. Um, but, uh, I'm ready for it. We just gotta, you know, we just gotta see what happens. I'm just glad it's not the chiefs right now because I feel like the chiefs, um, they've had time to rest. Um, they're not banged. They're not as banged up as they were um it's i mean if i'm baker mayfield i have to have the game of my life to beat these guys yeah yeah no i'm going to go opposite of your ravens pick i like buffalo uh at home you know just it 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 just feels this year is right for them i'm not i'm not a huge believer in you know things happening for a reason but i sort of am and you know um I think that at this point the Bills should be the favorite and uh and yeah, I, I like them at home and I think Josh Allen is going to play he's played exceptionally this year and I don't see that stopping. Um and that defense really, you know, I, I think is going to have a strong game plan for uh for Lamar Jackson. So yeah, I like Buffalo and yeah, I think in the in the Cleveland game, I think Kansas City rolls over them. I don't think Cleveland is a team consistent enough uh to to go in and uh, and go, you know, shot for shot with Kansas City. Um, you know, to wrap things up, let's go to the NFC Rams at Packers. This is an interesting game. I remember I called the Rams winning last week. Um, I don't think that extends to this week. I think Green Bay at home, December or January in Green Bay, Wisconsin is not fun um, weather-wise. And I think a team coming from L.A., you know, you, you can prepare as much as you want. Um, you know, you can prepare in a bubble and deal with the weather. But again, when you're a team from L.A. that's used to, at this point, you know, 60, 70 degrees, no snow, no nothing. And then you go to Green Bay where, trust me, I can tell you it's a different type of cold. It's not your normal cold that we deal with here. It's much more bitter and it's just not good. 
um, that you have to get used to that, throwing the ball, running the ball, all that kind of stuff. And the Packers have really emphasized the run game. They have a strong run game this year. And then again, you know, the matchup to watch, who will win the Ramsey versus uh, Devontae Adams matchup. I think it'll be pretty close, but I think Aaron Rod, I think it'll really come down to can Jared Goff, you know, live up to the the moment. Um, and I don't think he will. I think the Packers will win it. And then on the other NFC game, the Buccaneers at the Saints, I don't want to do this, but I think it'd be great to watch uh, Brady versus Rodgers in the playoffs. We never got to see a Super Bowl of it, but we'll at least get a chance to see it in the playoffs. Um, and again, it's hard to beat a team three times and the Buccaneers offensively, especially with Antonio Brown, seem to finally really be hitting their stride. Um, and they got Devin White back. Right. They got Devin White back. Breeze has not looked great this year. Um, and like I said, it's hard to win a team. It's hard to beat a team three times in a season, especially one as good as Tampa Bay is, at least personnel-wise. So, yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be a Buccaneers-Packers uh, meetup um, in Lambeau for the NFC Championship game, and then it'll be Chiefs and Buffalo uh, in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I guess for my NFC guys, um, first of all, I just got to say the NFC is awful this year. Like outside of the Packers, they are just not, it's just not a good conference. Like the AFC is so much better. Yeah. Like, you, have, you have the Chiefs. Normal. Like it's it's weird. Like the NFC is just like not, like even the playoff games are not fun to watch. Like the Buccaneers are blew out. I didn't even remember who they blew out because it was that bad. Then you have the there. Saints that won. And first of all, the, the Rams biggest fraud biggest fraud in the playoffs right now that team should that team does not look like a playoff team when you watch them mm. they look like a shamble they had a freaking backup quarterback as their starter last game what the hell is going on in la i know his fingers screwed up whatever guess what he can lean on that finger all he wants he's still booty hole okay golf not a believer in him never have been he's a cali boy soft even though Aaron Rodgers is also a Cali boy, so you could make that Cali connection for the game. That's something that people are talking about. Yeah, but, but he's been in Green Bay long enough that he's, he's – He's in Green Bay long enough to where, like, he's got that beard. He does the discount double check thing. He's got some meat on his bones. Right. Off is like a twig. He's going to freeze as soon as he walks out on the frozen tundra that is Lambeau Field. Um, Packers run away with this, and I think it's it's not just – Aaron Rodgers in the past game. I think it's also the run game yeah. that takes it away. Um, the Packers are just, they're the best team in the NFC. They should be there. Um, and then when we go to Saints, we go to the Bucks. I, I'm riding with the Bucks. Um, I, I always like the team that's hot at the time and the Saints do, even though I know they had that six touchdown game or whatever, like two weeks ago with Alvin Kamara. Um, I don't, I don't see them being able to tackle uh, Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay plays the way they want, if Tampa Bay plays the way that they're supposed to play, and we've seen that in the past at Tampa Bay, for some reason or another, sometimes they just don't show up for a week. Um, and that's the only way the Saints win, because I think Drew Brees at this point, he's holding them back more than he's helping the Saints. I, agree. I, agree. I, think, I think it's all on Brees. If Brees shows up and somehow turns the clock back for a game, I think the Saints win because of that defense and the offense being confident. But right now that defense is on the field for way too long in games because the offense just cannot stay on the field because Drew Brees 
is not the Drew Brees that we're used to. I mean, we got the matchup that we wanted in Brees and Brady that everyone's always been clamoring for. It's just a shame it's at the end of both of their careers. Yeah. Um, so that is where I stand. I say Bucks. If, you, if you're betting, I would take the Bucks spread. Uh, Saints just... I just don't believe in the same. And if you're the and same thing with the Packers Rams, take the spread. I know the Rams have the best defense in football, but the best defense in football can only last so long against the best quarterback in football, right. at least this season. Right. No, I agree. I agree. All of it. It should be uh, an exciting weekend starting Saturday. And uh, we will talk about all of it and some more stuff next week on uh, our next edition of Broad Sheep Benchwarmers again. He is Richie Gary. I am Dan Black. I want to thank our sponsors, Growling Grub Magazine, Rockborough Hospital, and the Isle Maniunk. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy this weekend of football. Oh, yeah, baby. Playoffs ride, baby. Talk about the playoffs. See you next week, guys.